John chapter 14, beginning with verse 1. Hear now the word of the Lord. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, know me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I remember going to a job presentation once a long time ago. <clears throat> I responded to an ad in the newspaper, a very vague ad in the newspaper, and I didn't exactly know what the job was, but there was going to be jobs being given out, so I went. And a group of us got together in this classroom-like setting, and all of a sudden somebody wheels in a cart, and there's something covered over it. And a guy begins talking about how his life was completely changed, and he became a better person, and the world was so much brighter and better because of, voila, this set of kitchen knives on this cart. Now, the presentation went on, and afterwards, they handed everyone, out, everyone in the classroom a piece of paper, and, um, and one of the questions on the piece of paper was, could you see yourself selling kitchen knives? Now, the papers were not collected by, at this point at all yet, um, but I must have put a big X on the no box, because I was the only one who was pulled aside as we were going to another classroom uh, and said it was thanked for being there and I could go on my way, which I was very appreciative of, very appreciative of. Personally, I dreaded the thought of going door to door and selling kitchen knives. Some of you have that gift, and that's great, it's wonderful for you, but I personally hate it when people come to my door and try to sell me something, and I couldn't imagine trying to push that kind of suffering on anybody else. I did not, that wasn't for me. I did not belong there. I did not belong in this group of salespeople. And it was obvious, deep down in the soul. Well, I also remember when I was a young boy, and I had to go shopping with mom and grandma. Some of you young boys remember doing this? Or, you've done, or you have to do this now? They always go to the knitting store, don't they? They have to go to the knitting store. But worst of all, worst of all, is when they go to that part of the department store that only women should go to. <laughs> Underwear dangling all over the place. Models modeling it. Oh, God, I didn't belong there. I just couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to wake up and to be a man so I could be left alone in the toy aisle, you know. <laughs> well, these are, of course... Small moments of feeling like you don't belong, but of course there are more serious moments in life, like high school or working with certain groups of people, uh, inadvertently going to a party that you shouldn't be at, but you went with a friend who drove and they're not ready to leave. Maybe you've been told by someone, you don't belong here. Or maybe you felt that way just this last Thanksgiving with your family or Christmas gatherings. 
uh, you're on the right and everyone else in the family is on the left, or vice versa politically. You feel excluded, you feel like left out, you feel like the only piece of the puzzle that doesn't fit. Having a sense of belonging, fitting in is huge, for many of us anyways. We can't belong everywhere, none of us can, but to belong somewhere and to feel like you fit in and belong somewhere is important for a lot of us, for most of us, I would say. It's a lonely place to be when you don't feel like you belong. One of the first truths of the Heidelberg Catechism, our church's, one of our church's statements of faith, is I belong. I belong in body and soul to Jesus Christ. And the main theme is comfort and joy of belonging to him. Well, comfort, many have grown up hearing the comforting words of Lord's Day 1 and Heidelberg Catechism question and answer 1. Many have uh, heard them, had them recited at a number of funerals we've been to or you've memorized it at some point in your life. Comfort is a theme that runs throughout the whole of the catechism. It's an important theme of scripture too. But even so, even so, are we supposed to be comforted by the fact that I am not my own? What do you mean I'm not my own? Am I supposed to be comforted by the fact that I belong to someone else, like some kind of slave servant? Do you mean to tell me that someone else owns me? Some people will be downright ticked off if they heard you say this. And they believe that if you tell them that they're actually not the captain of their own soul or the master of their own destiny, that they don't actually make up the rules of life as they go along, or that they're, they're not the final arbiters of meaning and truth in the universe. Well, even the rugged individualist Christian in many Christian groups gets ruffled by the statement, I am not my own. Question and answer one of the Heidelberg Catechism might be more countercultural than you first thought and first imagined. A Christian belongs. A Christian belongs to someone else, not the self. Not the self. But we also live in a very anxious world. Financial anxieties pervade most of the decisions and discussions that people make in government or family or church. People are on edge regarding their their finances or the direction of our country. The threat of terrorist attacks is very real. The uh, nuclear weapons is becoming more and more of a real threat again. Uh, People need, we need comfort. And we need to know how and where we're going, how we're going to make it through all of this. And how to raise our children or help our grandchildren through all of this. So we need a clear idea of biblical comfort and joy in the midst of the trials, the temptations, and the traumas of our lives that we, or that we see in our world, too. But what comforts do we usually go to today? Uh, We have little masters of their own destinies running around, uh, finding comfort in all sorts of places. If you think you are your own, you seek comfort in anything that works that will help alleviate the pain or the suffering in the moment, of course, even if it's a counterfeit comfort. When the bottom drops out on life, many people turn to themselves only for comfort, for their own inner strength, inner voice, whatever you call it. Some seek the escape that alcohol brings or substance abuse brings. Some people bury themselves in their work. Others bury themselves in their their phones, their cell phones, or their tablets. Others find their escape in computer games, pornography, 
music, overeating food. Uh, these comforts may work for a while and for a moment, and sometimes they may be, some of them may be healthy, but not all of them are healthy for sure. But they often remind us in one way or another that they're only a temporary comfort or an escape from reality. These counterfeit comforts downright disappoint us in the long haul. They're a disappointment that only feeds our modern cynicism and our dark outlook on the world and our future. Because according to culture, the only thing we should be sure of today is that we shouldn't be sure of anything. And how comforting is that? Counterfeit comforts are not always there for us. They don't always work. They'll always disappoint, especially if you're relying on them for the long haul or for deep truth and meaning and purpose in the world. And so confident statements like the truth statements that are found in Lord's Day 1 of the Heidelberg Catechism are often met with critical eyes today. How could you confidently say, I belong, and say all of these truthful, all of these things about Jesus so confidently and truthfully? Yet the church continues to confess and proclaim that our only comfort in life and in death is that we are not our own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. We confess this. We believe this. We want the whole world to know this because we know that nothing else in life is as certain as the comfort of belonging to Jesus Christ. So I want to offer you two effects of comfort, of Christ's comfort today. Two effects of Christ's comfort today. First, Christ's comfort gives us strength to sustain us through the trials. Christ's comfort gives us strength to sustain us through the trials. So we need to know what the Bible, or the Catechism especially, means by that word comfort. The great teacher of the Heidelberger, as I sometimes refer to it, uh, is Andrew Kivenhoven. He says, comfort is a good thing that helps us endure bad situations. Comfort is a good thing that helps us endure bad situations. But it does not take away bad situations, he says. Comfort is strength to keep you going. Strength to keep you going. Now, we think of comfort today, we might be thinking of maybe the whiskey, Southern Comfort, or the hotel, Comfort Inn, or the comforter that you slide under on your, when you go to bed at night, or comfort food, or if you're a little older, magazines like Comfortably Yours, or Comfort Living, in other words, when we think of the word comfort, we might be thinking cozy. It means cozy. But comfort, as it's used in Lord's Day 1 of the Heidelberg Catechism, is different than that. It has the meaning drawn from the German word trust, which means strength, actually. A fort, fortitude, fortress. Think of that great hymn, a mighty fortress is our God. Replace the word fortress with the word comfort. A mighty comfort is our God, a bulwark never failing. Comfort is strength to sustain us through the trials of life. It's like the comfort that Psalm 46 brings us as it begins. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. God is our strength and help, our comfort. He fortifies us as we continue to trust in him. And so it was this kind of strengthening comfort Jesus is imparting to his disciples in John chapter 14 when he said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. 
You see, the disciples had received some very disturbing news. Jesus, just before this, in John chapter 13, verse 33, said, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. And then in verse 36, he tells them, Where I am going, you cannot follow. And so Jesus has just dropped this bombshell of an announcement on his disciples. He's predicted his death and his suffering. He's dismissed Judas to go do his wicked deed. And he's told Peter that he's going to not deny Jesus when the rooster crows. This is serious business. And so here in chapter 14, Jesus says, now, don't let your hearts be troubled. Obviously they were. The sense in the original Greek is this ongoing sense of the present tense. Do not let your hearts continually be in turmoil. Keep on trusting in God. Keep on believing in me, he's saying. Jesus has the antidote for the troubled heart. It's trust or faith in God. The world may seem to be crumbling down around you or have gone mad, and the bottom may seem to be dropping out in our lives, but keep on trusting in God. Keep on believing in me, Jesus says. You won't go wrong if you do, and you'll find comfort to sustain you when you do. The comfort and the strength that will see you through this difficult time will be faith in your Creator and providential Heavenly Father. No matter what happens, He's still in charge. He's still in control. Believe in God, he says. And the reason given here to have faith in God and to have faith in the crucified one is that Jesus is going to prepare some apartments. He's going to get some flats ready. He's going to prepare some rooms, some dwelling places. And then he will come. And we will be with him. And we'll have never-ending fellowship with him. Why? Because we belong to him. Because we belong to him. Jesus says, you are included, you are welcomed, you are invited. We are his. Jesus tells his disciples to comfort their hearts with this truth. Fortify their hearts, strengthen their hearts with the truth that they belong to him. They belong to him. He doesn't promise to make the difficult situation go away or to make life easier. No, in this world you will have trouble, Jesus promised elsewhere. In this world you will have trouble, but fear not, he also said, for I have overcome the world. It is faith and trust in God that will see us through the trials of life and to give us strength. A little further in verse 18, Jesus continues to comfort his disciples, saying, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. And what he means is that he will come to them via the Holy Spirit. Though the disciples will be distraught and confused when Jesus goes on the cross and dies, is buried in a tomb, Jesus says he will come to them by sending the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the comforter, right? The advocate will give strength to carry on the mission of God. The Holy Spirit, the Comforter, assures us of salvation, of our eternal security in Christ, reminding us that we belong to him, no matter what's going on around us. The Catechism says, because I belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. I belong to him. He's preparing a place for me. The Holy Spirit assures me of this, so I'm ready from now on to live for him right now, today and tomorrow. No matter what, 
So Christ's comfort strengthens us. Christ's comfort gives us strength to sustain us through the trials. So the second effect today, the Christ comfort of belonging assures us we belong. Christ comfort assures us that we belong. No guessing, no wondering, no I hope I'll go to heaven if I die, but not knowing the certainty based on the very true words of God himself. But there is great comfort, comfort in knowing and confessing the truth that I do belong. I do know where I'm going. That's why Lord's Day 1 is often used at funerals. Very comforting message and summary of, uh, of the gospel truth. Uh, but why would reformers, I wonder, focus on comfort in this foundational catechism? And well, I'm, I'm sure there are multiple reasons, but one really stands out to me, uh, stood out to me this week, is there's no ancient Roman catechism of the day the time of the reformers, that went like this, and I quote, There are three things I know to be true that frequently make my heart heavy. The first troubles my spirit because I will have to die. One, I will have to die. The second troubles my heart more because I do not know when. Two, I do not know when. The third troubles me above all. I do not know where I will go. Three, I do not know where I'll go. I know that I'm going to die, I don't know when, and I don't know where I'm going when I die. That's what the church was saying to the people. What comfort is that? I'm going to die, I don't know when, and I don't know what's going to happen after I die. And so you don't know, so you better just do your best and hope for the best, even in never knowing when your best was good enough. And that was Martin Luther's struggle, too. When was my best good enough? And so... The reformers said, no, there is comfort. There is a real message of assurance found in the Bible, found in God's word, that we can know. We can be assured that we belong. What is your only comfort in life and in death? That I am not my own, but I belong, body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. In a world full of counterfeit comforts, Temporary remedies, escapes from our trials and reality. The church confesses the biblical truth that our only comfort in life and in death, for body or soul, is belonging to Jesus Christ. Belonging to him is comfort for our souls and settles the question of where I'm going to go when I die. I know. I can be certain. Because I belong. God's word has told me that. But more than that, belonging to Christ uh, is a comfort while we are in the body, too, in the here and now of today. Belonging to Christ means the good shepherd is with me as I go through those dark valleys today. Belonging to Christ means I need not fear evil because the rod of God protects me and strengthens me, forgives me, restores me, teaches me, and guides me in life, and picks me up when I fall down. You see, from the Old Testament on through the New Testament, God has been saying, I am your God. You are my people. I am your God. You are my people. You belong to me. It's an immense and eternal comfort for Christians to know that they are not their own, that they're not the captains of their own souls, that they are not masters of their own destinies. It's an immense comfort for people to know that they are not on their own in this life either, that they don't walk through the valleys in complete isolation, 
and that their security and their sense of happiness and joy are not dependent upon their means alone. Belonging has benefits. Christ has paid for all of my sins with his precious blood. He has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He watches over me every day and even makes those horrible things that have happened in my life turn to my good. Work toward his good purposes and God's glory. There's confident hope in this confession of faith. No matter what happens, I belong to Christ, all of me, body and soul, in life and in death. There's comfort in belonging to Jesus. It's a comfort that gives us strength, that fortifies us. The Apostle Paul often wrote about belonging to Christ, and you're probably familiar with some of his famous um, popular phrases like belonging to Christ, being in Christ, having been grafted into Christ, being a member of Christ and of his body, the church, uh, being united with Christ, right? Oh, it's very close, the language of being very closely knitted with Jesus Christ. It says we belong. What must you know to live and die in the joy of this comfort? Question and answer two of the catechism. It's a summary of the outline of the whole catechism. First, to know that you need Christ. You need to belong to Christ. Second, know that you are set free or delivered from your sin and misery. That is, belonging to Jesus Christ. And finally, know how you are to thank God for such deliverance by living a life of gratitude. It's sin, salvation, service. Know that you're a sinner. Know that you need to belong to Jesus. Salvation. Know that Jesus has saved you, delivered you through his death on the cross. Service. Know how I live a life that's pleasing to God by following his ways and his will. Sin, salvation, service. And throughout the catechism and biblical teaching, there is comfort and joy in belonging to Jesus Christ. You can know with certainty where you're going to go when you die. Do you have that certainty this morning? Do you have that assurance? Do you have that comfort of belonging? In John 14, 3 and following, Jesus says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Of course, Thomas is the one who asks him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. In other words, you have seen God the Father in Jesus. According to theologian F.F. F. Bruce, uh, this declaration of Jesus is far from being exclusive. Rather, it's inclusive. Bruce says, all truth is God's truth. All truth is God's truth, and all life is God's life. But God's truth and life are incarnate in Jesus. God's truth and life are incarnate in Jesus. Jesus is the way because he is the truth, and he is the life giver. All must approach God through him. Do you have a Christ comfort this morning? Christ's assurance of belonging. The Apostle Paul wrote these words in, in closing here, Romans 14, 7 to 9. For none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. We belong to the Lord. 
So comfort gives us strength to sustain us through the trials. And the Christ comfort of belonging assures us that we belong to Jesus Christ. We belong in God's family. And we have that assurance for life and for death. What is your only comfort in life and in death? Notice how the catechism makes that very personal. What is your only comfort in life and in death? Are you living in the joy and the security of knowing that you belong to Jesus? Do you know that he holds your hand with an unbreakable grip? Do you know his grip is stronger than ours? Stronger than the devil's? Stronger than, well, whatever the chaos is that's engulfing you right now. So may you find your only comfort for body and soul, in life and in death, in your faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And may the Holy Spirit assure you of your eternal security and continually remind you that you belong to him. May he make your heart willing and ready from now on to live for him. Let us pray together. Lord God, we praise you that you are that we are not our own, but belong, body and soul, in life and in death, to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you and praise you that he has fully paid for all our sins with his precious blood and has set us free from the tyranny of the devil. We thank you that he also watches over each of us in such a way that not a hair can fall from our heads without the will of our Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for our salvation. We thank you that because we belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures us of eternal life. And we are made wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. Lord God, when the enemy presses in like a flood, when the bottom seems to be dropping out of our culture or out of our personal lives, may you, Lord God Almighty, be our strength, our fortress, our strong tower, and our comforter. Our comforter that never fails or lets us down. Father, we continue to trust you, and we continue to trust in Jesus. So we pray, put our troubled hearts at peace this morning. Embolden our service in the world, that the world may know that you alone are God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.